sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of that 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. I'm your host, John, and I'm joined as ever with usual co-host, Trent. Hello. How are you, Trent? Oh, not too bad today, I've got to say. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Apologies for missing usual co- co-host, Tim 1, Tim 2, hello. Hi, John. How are you going? Very good. Shane. G'day, guys. Mandy. Hello, all. Our uh, stateside guest, Jerry, hello again. Oh, how are you guys doing? Very good. We're delighted. We've got an unprecedented number of guests here. We have returning guest, um, Glenn. How are you, Glenn? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Um, Today we're reviewing Minute 87. The minute begins with the mayor saying, You have double-crossed me for the last time. And ends with Scorpio on the phone saying, You can check on that, but I don't see the point. What did you think of this minute, Jerry? I I thought this minute was fantastic because there's um I'm going to cut right to it. You know that there's there's one shot on the mayor's desk, like right when the mayor answers the phone. There's a shot of the justice scales. Oh yes, just there on his desk, and I was like, first of all, it's just it's it's an amazing shot and it's subtle, but it completely encapsulates this movie. You know, it, because it's like you, you, you see the justice scales on a debt, like the mayor's desk. So kind of like what we were talking about in the last minute, you know, bureaucracy versus justice. And like you have like sort of, you know, justice in the big picture of it, like, you know, the, the criminal justice system and how they handle justice. And then obviously there's Dirty Harry's justice. And so you see the scales there on the mayor's desk, and you're like, oh, that's so much of what this movie is about. Agreed. You know, like, how does it, how is it, how is it going to come out after we weigh it all? Clint said this, the symbol of justice is the scale. It falls to the left, then it swings too far back to the right. <laughs> See, I thought he was just using it to, to weigh out his marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this minute, Glenn? Yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, I like his very gaudy phone, how it's all like gold or silver or something. Yeah. And I like the the speakers, which I'm a bit intrigued by. Like, is one the microphone and is one the speaker? And if so, how long is it going to take for like... I just want to see like inner, inner city hipsters like sitting in a park bench with these <laughs> huge freaking things plugged into their phone. <laughs> Please, or like connected by Bluetooth, but they still have the huge cable connecting them together just because they have to be like retro. So I like that in this shot, John, that it validates how much you love this film, that it's the same equipment that we use to record this every month is on the screen there. Wow, that is true. Do you think, do you think Harry's AV guy, Sid, would love this? He'd be like, wow. Look what they have at the top. <laughs> I can't compete against that. Right, Harry has an AV. Oh, yeah. yeah, Sid, who gives him the Mary had a little lamb. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
I, th- I think he's one of those guys who just, you know, whatever he lends you or gives out, he just wants it back in one piece. That's 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 the most important thing. Do you like the the, the mayor has a little zebra on his desk? Oh, it's yeah. a nice little touch. Yeah. I don't know what the meaning of zebra is in uh, mythology. Is it an ominous sign? Is it? I don't know. Maybe he's just a fan of that Toto song. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, did you think the scene was sort of out of focus? The first shot we have from behind the mayor's back—it's very sort of hazy. Um, like the film through Vaseline. Can you? Do you have a Blu-ray in front of you? What version are you watching now? Yeah, you know, it's. I'm looking at that right this second, and and you're you're right, and I think that that makes perfect sense because once again, justice and and how it's delivered, you know, everybody's eyes get a little blurry. <laughs> oh, awesome. I mean, you know, who who's actually seeing it in focus? I mean, even to hell, even Dirty Harry's had it at the end. He's like, you know, I thought I knew what it was, but now nah, I'm out of here. Speaking of the, the zebra, I've just looked up uh, the gospel according to dreamingandsleeping.com. <laughs> and, and I'm reading this, reading this out verbatim. Zebra represents a person that is definitely different in, in every sense of the word. Person's pawn under the zebra totem or a person who's spiritual uh, animal is zebra is a person who has a lot of individualism just like horses zebras like their freedom as well and no- nothing and no one will stand on their way to obtain it so there you go freedom he's <laughs> a different kind about. of guy wow and also a lie i have seen horses in this whole like nothing and no one it's called a fence <laughs> <laughs> like Horses don't like they might drive mentally, emotionally. Just make up, yeah. But that's that's that's, like they will let nothing on no one except for a fence. So yeah, no one will tell a horse what to do unless it's like you know got reins on. (laughs) When you kick it in the side to get it, bucket. Um, Yeah. Didn't we used to use them to like plow our fields and stuff? (laughs) Yeah, freedom. They're willing. Jerry, do you think Harry's disappointed in Scorpio? He's like, 1 p.m.? You know, shouldn't you be kidnapping at high noon? Shouldn't high noon 12 <laughs> be the time? <laughs> yeah, he's he's not very punctual, this Scorpio guy. But, you know, ironically expects everyone else to be. I mean, certainly he expects, you know, Dirty Harry to be when he's sending around the city on the you know, the whole payphone chase. What I, What I think is interesting is... You know, Scorpio keeps raising his price. Now he wants $200,000 because the city of San Francisco has double-crossed him. And and what's really strange is, you know, he, he wound up killing the woman anyway. So it's like he showed up, you know, to, to the meeting or, you know, to the cross, the meeting spot. He showed up double crossing the city of San Francisco, and then now he's upset and he's doubling his price. And I want to say, well, come on, guy. I mean, you're not you're not really being fair here. Not only that, I mean, the entire negotiation happened under a cross. You're like, of course, everybody's double crossing each other. I mean, you're you're meeting at the cross. 
Well, lit- literally, they haven't done anything in the last, you know, screen time, 15 minutes. The city's actually done nothing, you know? Don't forget, viewers, yeah. Harry Harry didn't beat up Scorpio. Um, he's, he's just been harassing him, I guess. Yeah. yeah, Harry, I feel like Harry doesn't really know what to do. Like, he so much knows what to do with the Scorpio guy, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to put on my gloves and go kick his ass. Except that. He has all these annoying bureaucratic hurdles in his way who keep badgering him with, you know, uh, come into my office type crap. Mandy. Hello. (laughs) As a a guest, as a woman. Sure. Here's what the novelization says about our favourite mayor. It says, The mayor was a tall, imposing man who had made his money in the construction industry before retiring to run for office. He owned no small part of San Mateo County. He wore $300 suits, $100 shoes, and $50 ties. He was as tanned as a golf pro and as sleek as a seal. The contrast between him and Harry Callahan was startling. <laughs> Did this mess startle you with his um, beautifulness? Wow, no, not really. I mean, he kind of he kind of looks like your stock standard kind of poly kind of guy, right? I'm more sort of startled and and enamoured by Scorpio's hair. Okay. <laughs> Having not seen the movie, um, this is the first time I've seen Scorpio, and I'm like, look at that hair. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, and and his shocking ice blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really interesting looking guy. It's a lovely use of blues in that scene right here when he's um when Scorpio's with the bus driver with the phone and the blues and it's sort of like it's his older sister or something he's kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> do do you guys think that he's an incredible bad guy or villain or or is it you know? Is he, is he lackluster? How, how do you feel, of Scorpio? What do you, what do you think about him? No, and he's really erratic, like you've said in yeah. a previous minute. Um, but, but but is he appropriately erratic, or no? Just sort of desultory, just all over the place, kind of like just generically manic. Yeah, not yeah. It's hard to see the underlying pattern, you know, behind his. Yeah. Behavior, I think. I mean, he's in a Warner so Brothers many... movie. He is as manic as he needs to yeah. be. He's... I mean, just think how many Bond villains we've, you've had by this point already. You know, where it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> taking over everything and everything. He's just, he's just, he's small fry. <laughs> <laughs> is he that now? Now we know he's a sadist, but is he a masochist? Because he wants, you know, he wants that guy to pummel him yeah. every penny's worth. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and even when we see him in the like in the on the football field and he gets shot, and like you know ha- Harry is kind of like stepping on his leg. I don't know. There's something sort of. I I don't know. He it crossed my mind that he's in he's he's a masochist. He might be inviting the pain in sort of a way. Like it, it's sort of this reciprocal to his. Is sadism like it completes him somehow? Sometimes he's the perpetrator, and other times he's the victim. 
There has yeah. been there has been some queer theory we've touched on in this movie, Jerry, but it's mostly been associated with with Harry's character. But it was sort of when um, Scorpio goes down to meet the brute to get punnelled. It's a time we see him dressed up. He's got a floral tie, and in his warp psychology, we intimated he needs to assemble a, a feminine sort of appearance to be beaten up. And um, mm. yeah, so I think I think there's enough in both columns of the masochistic and the sadist to satisfy everyone. But I like I like him, Tim. <laughs> I he's like a Warner Brothers cartoon. You know, he is as he needs to be. None of none. The hero doesn't. Have, the hero doesn't have a backstory. Harry, really, that you can point a stick at. So who cares if the villain doesn't have one? Hmm. Mm. Well, you know, Snake Plissken from Escape from New York has a has a bigger backstory than um. You know, and he's he's also an anti-hero like Harry. And that was true. He was modelled. I don't. Yeah. Not, well, Jerry, we hear that. Um. Uh, what's his name? Russell. Kurt Russell modelled himself on Harry. In Escape from New York. Well, he's clearly doing the voice. Yeah. Whether or not the original oh, character is yeah. written I that way. See, I did not know that, but that's not a stretch. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> what are you doing up there, Pliskin? Playing with myself. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> you know, lines like that. <laughs> a great quote about Clint. When his eyes narrow, it's to hold you in contempt. When he finally looks your way, you no longer exist. Stoic manly men, Glenn. Yes, that speak to empty chairs, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think he's a great director. I think the whole mystique around Clint Eastwood is kind of hilarious because at the same time, like, he also wrote, like, romantic love songs and recorded them. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think it's mostly, it's mostly kind of bullshit, but he's from that era, I guess, of, like, Manly men and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. I think it's important to remember with all of these manly men is that they are actors. They don't work in a factory. They literally get makeup put on them before a camera. Like, <laughs> their job is to look pretty in front of a camera, same as any model or anything. They just have lines to say. So, I think it's kind of weird, this whole idea of, like, actors being our symbols of manliness. Uh, like... Yeah, he's he's not working on a ranch. He's not, you know, beating pieces of metal <laughs> together with his bare hands. You know, like... We don't know what he does in his yeah, private yeah. life. Like, he's literally just like, so I stand here and I walk over here and then I say this. And the director's like, good job, buddy. And he's like, yeah, I'm a man. I'm a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so incredible is he can sell that entire image with just a scowl. Yes, yes. Most, most definitely, like, I, 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 it, actors can do that, but I think a lot of that is the audience as well, in that we sort of imprint on these actors and stuff like that. And so, as much as... Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like part of the whole yeah. evocativeness of his scowl is that it's the Clint Eastwood scowl and you see someone else doing literally exactly the same movement with their face <laughs> and it doesn't have the same reaction. And so, it's sort of like... Maybe it's in our heads and it's got really nothing to do with what he's actually yeah. doing. <laughs> I like that. A lightning quick response and no explanation. And in yeah. our mind that just decodes as cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, acting is, is, is like a thing. Like it definitely takes skill and all that kind of stuff. But like it, it is still just a job. Like with the, the film thing that I do, like working with actors, like, yeah, they definitely work hard at what they do and everything. But I think it's kind of weird 
the way how we treat actors like, you know, it's like they are not the characters they portray. Like Now, Shane, what did you what do you think of this mayor? The mayor? Yeah. Uh, he's a pushover. He's like spineless and yeah, I wouldn't hire him to like do my garden. <laughs> really? I'd want someone that's a bit spineless to do my garden. You don't want someone like that's really like, you know, you want them to be like, no, the grass should be shorter. And they'd be nah. like, yes, sir. Oh, the rose thorns <laughs> want to do this. So it didn't feel like, yeah, really, yeah. like impeding on the progress. Of that's wrestler's role. Now. Harry Gardino, Italian, I think. Gardino is from Gardiner. So that's now he's got the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate... If you hate this mayor, Shane, you really hate the mayor and the enforcer. Oh, yeah. He's just, we, you know, we have your money. We'll, we'll take you to safety, you know, at the end of, at, uh, San, at uh, Alcatraz. He's very... In- five million. I'll pay you five million. Sure, sure. You know what I love, actually, uh, about the mayor, particularly in this minute, is he knows how to use the uh, teleconference uh, equipment. Yeah, that's most, true. Most yeah. of the time, a figurehead like that, even now in a film, they'd have someone else where they'd nod to them to push a button. <laughs> um, but he's he's the one moving it around cautiously so he can't be heard and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, very cool. To be fair, I think if you actually look at what those knobs are on, <laughs> off, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, clearly a technical genius. <laughs> He's doing it. <laughs> I mean, what is the second button actually for? Isn't off when you just take your finger yeah, off the button? Kind of <laughs> off volume. Yeah. Is that what they actually say? But Glenn, it was a different time. I mean, now nowadays, you know, like people, you know, um, people really still seem to struggle with turning yeah. things on and off. I, you know? I get it. I get it. Yeah. People that work behind desks can't be expected to operate complicated machinery. <laughs> the remote control we're looking at here has like 74 billion buttons on it. And in 71, any kind of remote control for a TV would have had on, off. It's one button. <laughs> one button. <laughs> Maybe up and down. That, that's a time when men couldn't type unless you're a pissed journalist or something like that. Mm. You did not type women did all that yeah there was some interesting discussion about editors that one of the few creative roles in film that given to women were editors it was sort of seen as oh okay it's it's a post-production the production's a manly thing it's sort of somewhat equivalent to sewing you know and it's women just assembling like a photo book and oh we can let you know Thelma Shoemaker or Ann Coates you know we'll throw them a bone the women can do some editing you know yeah, which is interesting because wow. the film's kind of made and lost in the edit, really, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Seems yep. that way. Yeah. Well, in the novelization, everyone, um, apparently the mayor had just won his election in a landslide. And uh, Harry mm. said, Harry goes, quote, Hell, I even voted for him, but I don't want him on my back. He thinks all detectives are out of Agatha Christie. Is, is this shot... Sorry, Jerry, on the screen now, we've got a shot of um, one of the kids getting off the bus and Scorpio saying, no, no, get back on or or whatever. Quite nicely, actually. Quite nicely. He's very polite to her. But just a quick Dirty Harry fashion minute moment on that shot of the girl's skirt. I don't know if anyone remembers Pizza Hut restaurants. Um, when you can I know exactly how you're going to finish that sentence. (laughs) Well, yeah. That skirt. The answer is yes. Is that the tablecloth? That's the tablecloth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, yes, like, it is. It's like the gingham pattern, but they've like zoomed in on the gingham pattern yeah. or something. It's actually amazing. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, you nailed that. And her boots match the color of the cross things on her skirt. Oh. Are they boots or are they knee-high socks? They're knee-high socks, you're right. Yeah. Cute. Is it supposed to be a school uniform? How much are you guys reading into that? Oh, the... They're orange socks, so she's a Protestant. What? Are, how far are we going to go down? Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, how many more minutes we got of this? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> how, why, why does the bus driver apologize to the I mate? know. It's not your fault, lady. Don't worry about that. Yeah, and, and she apologizes like to the mayor as if she... You know, no, like a, like lives next door to him or something. <laughs> I didn't feed your dog last night. I'm so sorry. It's hard, probably hard for women to get full time jobs. Yes, well, yeah. <laughs> right? She's, you know, it's sort of a stock standard response by a lady to say, I'm sorry for things that probably I shouldn't say I'm sorry for, right? And duty of care in her role. You know, she's, yeah. she's the carer for that. 20 minute, 25 minute drive or whatever it what is. What was she supposed to do? Wrestle the gun off this guy? Like she's trying to yes. control a vehicle full of children. <laughs> Haven't we seen enough of the responses to this stuff? It's like, yes, it's definitely everyone else's jobs to stuff the, the nasty men with the guns. Um, you know, everyone else has to put their life on the line to stop the nasty men with the guns <laughs> so the NRA can have what they want. That's the most important thing. It's like, yes, I mean, I, I remember I even heard someone talking about Arming the kids and arming, like, teachers. Well, that <laughs> like, happened, I think. Yeah, and, like, arming some students and stuff mm. like that. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's the solution. Yeah, so, I, of course she's apologising. This is America. It's like, you know, you're personally responsible, including when, you're, including when you get taken hostage by some psychopath. Because freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I'm surprised the bus driver just didn't pull out a gun herself. Exactly. <laughs> now, apparently she's wearing what's called an Eisenhower jacket. Does that mean anything to you, Jerry? You oldie time Eisenhower jacket. Mm. I, you know, I have no idea, but, I, you know, I can see that. I mean, that is a distinctive jacket. Like, I'm looking at it right now, and... You're like, yes, I know what that jacket is. It's 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 like a utility jacket. It's like part uniform and part, you know, you probably... You know what? I, I imagine this. She probably lives in a place that says, the bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> Considering we, we have the mayor, and then I think, uh, you know, earlier in the movie where Scorpio lives, it says, the groundskeeper. Right? <laughs> and I'm sure her house says the bus driver. Well, it was uh, just doing a bit of nerdy research here. It was uh, a jacket that was developed for the U.S. military in the later stages of World War II. Um, that style. So that's where the name came ah, from. Back before he, was, yeah. before he was president. Yeah. In the novelization, it mentions Harry actually says, "Why haven't you brought the federal federal boys in? Like kidnapping's a kidnapping is a federal crime. Is it unusual, Jerry? Like the mayor's being involved in this this police operation? Well, you know, it's interesting. I I mean I, that would make sense, except that I'm surprised Harry is the one who suggests that, considering. You know, he he's the last guy to sort of, you know, pay attention to the chain of command 
or to invite, uh, you know, we shouldn't we be paying attention to the hierarchy here? You know, should, shouldn't we involve more government structure and invite yeah. more people in? I mean, I, I can't really see Harry doing that. You know what I mean? He's, he's already fed up with this chain of command and like, uh, you know, he's, he's sassing off to the boss and to the mayor and his, he's sitting outside the office for 45 minutes, cooling his ass in the chair. You know, I, I mean, I'm surprised he would he would suggest that. Do you reckon one day in the future, like Bob Dylan will write a song about about the mayor being corrupt and he had a zebra on his front desk and he said, I'll give you what you want, Scorpio. <laughs> wait, you, wait you, you mean in the future from today? <laughs> like, I think Bob Dylan writing about songs based on Dirty Harry movies from the 1970s those days might have passed us by, John. <laughs> Say it so. Oh, well, Woody Guthrie wrote a song about Tom Joad after he saw the movies. Because yeah. then Scorpio said, if you don't, you might as well not show. <laughs> <laughs> the Ballad of the Livy Livered Mare. Someone else should be signing off on all of this. Not just some guy who used to own half of San Mateo County. I don't know. M- Mandy, yes. why do you think everyone keeps on giving Harry these these tasks? Particularly the mayor. Like, I mean, the, Harry's not the ma- mayor's favourite person. I wonder why he keeps on, keeps on getting roped into this. They know he's going to, you know, go... I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, obviously, as I haven't seen the movie, <laughs> it's hard for me to answer, but I'll give it a, a red-hot go. Yes. Um, I guess... You guys have been talking a lot about justice, about this idea that that Harry, you know, has this inane, uh, innate sense of justice, etc. So maybe that's all he's got. That, yeah. So maybe you know, even though he's m- m- maybe unorthodox, they know always he'll do the right thing, or yeah. the right, or mm, not necessarily the right thing in the eyes of the law, but the right thing in the eyes of you know, I don't know, humanity or or, or what we see as human. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think they... What do you think, Jerry? Why Why are they bothering... They don't like Harry. The mayor doesn't like Harry. I'm sure he's heard the DA say these horrible things, you know. Why do you think the mayor is prepared to g- give the bagman position to Harry again, Jerry? Well, because that's the interesting thing. They don't like Harry, but they need Harry. They can't acknowledge or or respect his... I mean, his... His methods, I mean, for instance, the movie's not called it, and he's not known as Moral Harry. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they're not, you know, they, 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 they have an unsettling relationship with this guy. They need him because he does get the job done, and he's the only guy. And hell, Harry volunteers. Like, he volunteers. That's what's so fascinating when here, you know, in, in this last, uh, you know, coming up, this last thing that, you know, he they, they need Harry to be the bag man. And he's like, no, go find yourself another delivery boy. And then what's fascinating is Harry just, you're like, oh, okay, so maybe he quit there. Maybe that's when he quits. Because we later see him on the bridge and you're like, that motherfucker's a civilian. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, that dude's not a cop. 
You know, he's he's a civilian at that point. That's how I see him. If he was a civilian, though, he'd be wearing leisure suit Harry like his attire when he's following uh, Scorpio around. He wouldn't have that that brown, horrible three-piece suit, would he, if he's a civvy? <laughs> <laughs> well, that may be true. That may be true. But but he is, he, he is a, a bastion of consistency in terms of, you know, he eats the same thing for lunch and dinner. He has these rather drab, uh, you know, outfits, I guess. Except not the leisure suit. That's actually rad. <laughs> Yeah, he's rusted on. He's the cop you would call. I'm just imagining in the background there's the rest of the police force is because we don't know. We haven't seen them. It, it, the rest of the police force could be 20, 25 chief Wiggums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, in, in hockey, they have like, you know, a guy who's amazing and fast and he's a great shot. And then they always have an enforcer on the team. Yeah, the goon. Yeah, he can like barely, you know, shoot shoot the puck or aim at all, but he's he's like a bruiser. He's the dude that's, you know, he who who knocks the other team around or who who takes revenge on on somebody who maybe uh, you know, took an unfair cheap shot or a check against your teammate. They send in the enforcer, the bruiser. It's like is he good at hockey? You're like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. He just goes out there and, and, and deals an underhanded blow and gets the job done or takes the guy out of the game. You know, I feel like that's their, that's the mayor's relationship with Dirty Harry. They don't, you know, they don't like it, but they need him. And that's what they don't want to admit. You know, they can't just, they can't fully sanction him. Well, we haven't, Tim. We've got another brief glimpse of Ghost Chief in the background counting the money. Um, what is that little lamp for? Is that for marking the bills somehow or is it for just counting? Are they imprinting upon the banknotes some sort of way that they can... I was wondering what that was. That is a... Yeah, is that a UV type apparatus? What's yeah. the purpose of that? They're counting, marking money? To see if anyone has been ejaculating on their money or something. I don't know. What else? Is, do they use it in, like, hotel rooms and something? You know, to see how filthy they are. So who, maybe they're trying to check how dirty the money is before they give it to the crazy psycho guy. I, I don't know, John. I'm not a mind reader. Scorpio's going to be very angry that they're not giving him another yellow bag. Looks like it's some just crappy... Gray, brown thing, and uh, mm. green thing in the background. Yeah, it's a suitcase. Mm. They're giving him a suitcase of money now. Mm. So, what's the theory again that that character doesn't exist? He's just a a ghostly <laughs> figure that no yeah, one interacts always, with. He's always off on the side, and most of the time, Harry talks to him, and no one else talks to him at all. Mm. I don't know. In all in all honesty, what is the UV lamp for? Is it just? Are they marking it? Are they marking the bills or whatever? Or, or to make sure that they're not marked. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because he, he did say unmarked bills. So. Ah. ah yes. Good one. Yeah, that's what they taught me down at the academy. Mm. <laughs> so this light removes things rather than just no, show just to, things? it's just to check if they are marked. Okay. Do you think that AV guy, like Sid, our friend Mary, had a little lamb? That's his, he's coveting that position too. They're rivals. They both want this coveted job as 
uh, AV man in the in the mayoral office trend. So who are we talking? Are we talking awesome. about the guy that are we talking about the guy that walks across frame there? The guy walking across frame. He looks like the chief's just farted, and he gives well, him no. this look like ugh. He looks like skinny young Richard Nixon, and it's freaking weird. <laughs> skinny. Look at him. He does. <laughs> <laughs> does he give the? I don't know. So that's like you know that's where Richard Nixon was hiding out in the seventies, in Dirty Harry movies. <laughs> That's pretty much all I've got for this minute, Trent. Anything else? Yeah, one last thing. Uh, I don't think we've touched on that uh, framed picture on the mantelpiece there. What is that? What's, what's the occasion? It's one of those pictures from The Shining, you know, the one on the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I assume it's like a family picture. Or yeah, something awkward like family photos. Everyone's got one. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, what do you think the mayor's, like, what's his best scenario here? He really thinks that Scorpio will be paid off. Harry, just be a bagman. He'll leave the country. We'll never see him again. Um, oh, right, we have to give him 200 grand, but we'll get rid of him. And Harry, just toe the line. And we'll, is, do you reckon the mayor, or is the mayor secretly, wink, wink, Harry, Harry, listen to what I'm saying. Do not molest him. Using that weird verb, like, don't molest yeah, him. Yeah, two times. Don't molest it. him. Wink, wink. <laughs> I know. Definitely don't shoot him. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? It's well, really hard to tell. Well, I mean, I think that the best case scenario is, yeah, he wants Scorpio to get where he's going in the jet and he's in cahoots with Scorpio and gets $100,000. Mm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Look at that haircut. Clearly a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, did you have a theory? Who was he on the phone to before? To the airport? Like someone in the control tower or what? Who was the mayor on the phone to? Yeah, I think it's uh, the airlines. But it being 1971, it's got to be like, I don't even remember. What was it like? Eastern Airlines or TWA or something? One of those old school airline, you know. Way bad. That's what I. That's who I assume he's talking to is the the airlines. Which is funny because he's like, no, we need volunteers. You're like, who's going to volunteer for that? <laughs> you wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> to be in a tin can in the sky with a psychopath. Like, like the, the, the entire you know, airlines is filled with dirty Harrys. Well, you know, I, I had a question for you guys. Um, you know, at, at the end of the movie, does Harry quit or does he transcend? Like, do, does he just find out why he's actually doing the job and he realizes it's no good. It's not a good reason because you know, uh, you know the 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 woman, the wife, and the beautiful uh, Chico's wife in the beautiful green dress asks, you know, says, you know, why do you do this job? And he's like, I have no idea. So at the very end, does he realize why he does the job? And he's like, nope, that's not a good enough reason. And he quits, or or you know. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or this was another thing at the very end, you know, when he has his famous, you know, the movie sort of semi bookended by the famous lines, you know, do you feel lucky? Well, do you punk? And it's like, is Harry just letting karma take over at that point? Like, is he just like, well, I did have one more bullet and that was the right answer. Thank you, universe. <laughs> I, I think if the film wasn't as huge as it was, it, it probably, probably he would have been quitting. But because it was such a phenomenal success, I thought, oh, we're going to ride this cash cow a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. 
I think we might be overthinking a film that is essentially about policeman go bang bang with his big gun. <laughs> um, like, like, but I, I always thought at the end, doesn't he do the classic like throw his badge away? Yeah. So I always just assumed with things like that 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 it's like, have you seen that movie that the one that with um with uh with John Travolta playing what is clearly uh, Bill Clinton? And he like throws away. The- so I, yeah, I always just assume with the cops throwing away their bullet, with their, their their badges, is that that's just like part of like that secretly that when you actually talk to their bosses, they just be like, yeah, he's just an emo little bitch that throws away his badge every couple of months, and we're just gonna fucking replace it. And that, yeah, that, as much, that that's this kind of it's this hilarious thing about like we have this like um this thing with Bruce Willis that he's this like tough manly guy, and then like Kevin Smith is like, oh no, nah, he's an emo bitch. And he like doesn't like people talking about you know any any like has control of his scripts and he's and, and his movies are pretty crap now. So to me, it's I, I always like the idea that secretly these guys like Dirty Harry are really kind of just emo little bitches that throw away their their, their badges all the way with their and, and it's just it's just a manly version of a, of of having a t- uh, hissy fit and and the, the, the and the, and, the, and the, the, the yeah then they just replace his badge and he's just like oh he threw away his goddamn badge again it's like what was it this time and he's like I don't know I was just feeling things and it's <laughs> 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 you know it's so yeah I always thought it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous doing the throwing away his badge stuff when he's still a cop because when you think about it, this idea that that's the whole thing that makes you a cop that's kind of ridiculous. It's like, what, you steal a cop's badge? And it's like, well, no, I'm the cop. And it's like, <laughs> well, it's, it's retarded. It's like... <laughs> well, in the main movie that this is riffing on in High Noon, he's just a part-time sheriff, right? And he's just got to 5 p.m. that day, then he hangs up his badge, but there's, there's bad guys coming. So he quits because, yeah, his tenure of being a sheriff is over. He's off into the sunset with... Princess Monaco. Whereas here, Harry's got nothing else to do. What else is he going to do? Just become a just a vigilante now? Literally, just a vigilante. All I'm saying is that I'm pretty sure there's more paperwork involved. (laughs) (laughs) I I could see Harry like being a a hot dog vendor. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that would make perfect sense. He throws his badge away. He takes the weekend off, maybe a long weekend, maybe he takes Monday off, and come Tuesday morning, like he goes and he buys one of those like street hot dog, you know, those those sort of mobile hot dog uh, stations where, you know, he, he sells hot dogs on a grill, you know, uh, you know, uh, those, those little carts with two wheels. Yes. I've got an even better one, though. What he does is he careens between those two careers. And, and, and every time he leaves one career, it's signified by him throwing away its, like, its, its paraphernalia. So it's like when he leaves the cop, he throws away his badge. And when he throws away the hot dogs, there's just this shot of like all these hot dogs being thrown in the freaking gutter. And he like takes off his hat and his apron and he's like, God damn it. And he goes back to being a cop. And so he just careens from like being mad at one, you know, and he's like, Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's just like a hot dog salesman or a cop, depending on what's pissing him off. That. <laughs> well, but but the interesting thing is he still uses the line. Do you feel lucky? Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. now it's just you know in the hot dog occupation, it's just about salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course we, we've talked to, we've talked infinitum about the first delivery of that line. You know, he's sort of jovial and making fun, like. 
he respects the old-fashioned, oh, you're a bank robber, all right, cops, goodies, bad guys, whereas here's a new sort of psychopath, a new genre, a new type of criminal that he's unprepared with. He has a sort of respect for Albert Popwell. But I think if this film was made now, what would happen is, you know, we have, you know, Star Wars films come out and, you know, there's a, they want to fill in the gaps of yeah. what happened between yeah. the films. So they, you know, release novelizations and shit like that to fill the blanks. I think if this happened now and, you know, the idea with Dirty Harry quitting the police force and then suddenly, oh, geez, three years later, two years later, there's a sequel. They would have a scene in in a novelization, maybe a four-part comic miniseries (laughs) where he's like George Costanza in an episode of Seinfeld when he quits his job and then just rocks up on the Monday and, uh, (laughs) hey, guys, how's it going? (laughs) <laughs> this is what I'm saying is the, is the habit he just throws away his badge he doesn't call anyone and so no one and that's his whole thing is that he just throws away his badge goes back to work until it eventually comes out and his chief's like Where, where's your badge and he's like uh, I lost it and he's like and he's like did you throw it away again Harry and he's like uh. <laughs> go down to the storeroom yeah. get another yeah. one we'll he's etch like, your number yeah. in it <laughs> Well, that's pretty much all I have for the this minute, guys. Any last-minute observations? You're all obviously wondering what's going to happen. I like that observation about the, the airlines being filled with Dirty Harrys. <laughs> Imagine how good that would make, like, the announcements during the flight. That would be, like, so... It's like, we're cruising at, like, 20,000 feet, ladies and gentlemen. That'd be so good. Oh. Sorry, Jerry, say again. I was saying, I'm just imagining all these, quote, volunteers, you know, to get on this plane. They all work for the airlines, but they're secretly planning on assassinating Scorpio with peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) He might be allergic, so that could be very easy in this day and age. There you go. (laughs) Bunch of clubbing them with carry-ons. Well, many thanks for joining us, Jerry. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I, I really did uh, enjoy watching the movie again, and it had been a while. So thank you so much for the invitation and the opportunity uh, to, to watch it again and, and discuss it with you guys. Indiana Jones Minute was the first Movies by Minute podcast I came across. and um, Oh, cool. And that turned me on. It, even before Star Wars, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, and I just, yeah, from day dot, as they say, I've been listening to you guys, and it was a thrill Always had you earmarked. Oh, I wonder if they'll say yes. So we're going to get your compadriot uh, Pete on um, next time and keep doing what you guys do. When are you going to get Crystal Skull up and running? You know, we're, we're well, first of all, thank you. I, I appreciate the kind words. And, uh, you know, I, I congratulations and I'm sorry if we inspired you to do one of these damn shows. Yeah, I, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say before. Like, wait, you invented this? How do you sleep at night, Cherry? <laughs> you know, going through a movie a minute at a time is preposterous. As, as here we are at uh, minute 87, I'm sure you've uh, figured out. So <laughs> we're, we're working on Crystal Skull now, and no. um, it's interesting. I'm not sure what the drop date will be. It'll it'll be a little bit from now, but we're having a good time going through it. As as any Indiana Jones uh, fan knows, that that's a, a bit of an outlier in the in the Indiana Jones franchise. Uh, you know, um, so it, it's very interesting uh, to 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 watch that movie because I believe you know something like 20 years or so had elapsed between 
Last Crusade and, and Crystal Skull. So it's it's really interesting watching the movie and discussing it and seeing the choices that the the directors made. So writers, etc. So yeah, if you need someone to come on and shit on that movie for you, count me in, man. Like. <laughs> Uh, okay, very well, yes. About how much I hate that. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's easy to talk about things you hate than things that you like. It's yeah. so much more satisfying. Well, <laughs> uh, we'd like to end these recent podcasts, uh, Jerry, with Twilight Zone themed outros. So, very dear to my heart. Portrait of a man at work. The only work he's ever done. The only work he knows. His name is Harry Callahan, but they all call him Dirty Harry because that's the way his life has been. A life treated without deference, honor, or success. Waiters serve his soup cold, and elevator operators close doors in his face. Dirty Harry, a policeman whose life is a quest for the impossible, like bank robbers that turn themselves in, pants with zippers that can be removed easily when the Mercurochrome boys are called in, and a yellow suitcase... <laughs> He can call his own in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> we'll catch you next time on Dirty Harry Minute. Are you satisfied? Really satisfied with a new love that's come your way? Are you satisfied? With the love they gave you today Are you satisfied? Do you thrill to his kiss As you once did to mine Is there a chance that you